Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nat 20 Knowledge, a spooky episode, as we are recording on Halloween, because we're all lame and don't have plans. No, I got My name is Josh. Yeah, don't don't speak for us. I went out trick-or-treating. Did they give me candy? No. But you know what? The two-man horse idea with Sam Wood was wonderful. I'm going to stare at his ass the whole time. Let me finish my introduction. <laughs> no. My name is Josh. We're taking your over. Host, not your DM. And <laughs> uh, with me today, I have Mr. Shane Kirkham, my yeah. expert NPC expert. Jesus Christ. This is my official title. You can tell we planned. Say what? Uh, say what? I saw your, say girlfriend, what, your girlfriend's post. That was pretty cute, Shane. You and Ollie snuggling up on the couch? No. Oh, yeah. Nice. (laughs) Why did we invite him? I approve this message. (laughs) And uh, speaking of weird and spooky, we have Justin Ness. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Here on a little sugar high from all my trick-or-treating. So uh, you guys are in for a treat. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Probably a trick. (laughs) (laughs) And... The Dicey D20's NPC master, Noah. I don't know, how are you doing? What's up, y'all? I, I can't give him a bad name or he'll kill my character. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Should, we, should we recap while we're, we're quickly here? Talk about the pod? What's no, no, this is different from, the, from, from Dicey. This is, this is its own bit. I, I leave it up to you. You want to talk not. about the pod, we talk about the pod. You want to you wanna talk about other stuff, we'll talk about other stuff. Let's talk about announcements and behind the scenes. Mm. We're coming up on our final episode. Yeah, we are. Should have been this week. Should have been. Here we are. You know the what? The day before this is this drops. I'm sorry. You know what? You know what, fans? You want to know who to blame? You gotta blame two people. All right. You gotta blame Dabble Dob Doppet because uh, he's a bitch, and you gotta blame Rudgar <laughs> for having a serious case of FOMO and for wanting to take advantage of slutty drunk girls on Halloween. Okay, that's what you gotta. That's what you gotta blame. <sighs> Oh my god, we're getting we're getting Harvey Weinstein by Sab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He's getting Harvey Weinstein out there. <laughs> Have you seen him? More likely. Have you seen him? He's, he's 90 pounds slim. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You just wink at him and he's his clothes are off. Dude, so. I, I felt a slight wind blow in his direction. He was gone. Like a kite. <laughs> Alright. So yeah, so... This is this is the filler episode for this week, and next week hopefully we will have the not uh, the not nat twenty knowledge. This is the nat twenty knowledge. If we have another nat twenty knowledge next week. You know, there's a problem, but <laughs> <laughs> things are devolving quickly. Things are devolving. All right, so this week we are going to discuss NPCs creating and acting them out. I guess we we didn't really plan for this, so let's let's wing it. Are we winging this? <laughs> yeah, I'll. Uh, I got a question here. From Alexi Stakova. Stakova. Oh, yeah, which is a hot last name. Uh, yeah, on the Russian Twitter. On Twitter, it's Akoru. So he said, he or she asked, when creating an NPC on the fly or in prep, what are the best ways to capture that information, format, and/or necessary traits? Hmm. What are the so, best ways to capture that information? Yeah. So I guess like after you say like. Just on the fly, you're like, "Hey, this is what he is. Uh, this is what they're, uh, 
like their hair color is, their their abilities, and then like just on the fly you're coming up with this stuff. How do you? This is like mid session. Mid session, you're just coming up with a character that your characters your your team just randomly come upon. Hmm. Do you guys have like a? Do you do that or do you always have like a a couple NPCs in the pocket? This is a good question. Hot Russian last name, boy or girl? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, look, here's the deal. I'm I'm a planner, but I also like to improv. But the thing is, like, I find NPCs can sometimes get uh, like white bread if you improv them too much. So I find like actually sitting down and writing out is dope. And, and if and if you do need to come up with something random, like here's a super cool trick that I learned uh, in my second year of DMing when my players used to run off and do crazy, crazy side adventures was like, have a list of 10 random NPCs with random traits and like, like, you know, a little tiny backstory for each one that you have no intention of using, but then like you can just pull out of a hat behind your little DM screen. Right. So it's like, Oh yeah, here's Jessica rabbit, the 45 year old milf with huge tits who you want to get down and dirty with. She has, she has one eye that kind of droops down really low, but doesn't take away from her overall aesthetic. And then for the rest of the session, your character will call her Droopy Eye. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but I mean, I like I like having a list of like five or ten that I keep in my back pocket. So you but, cheat? Well, maybe that's not answering hot Russian last names question. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's easy for you on the podcast when you just say a thing. You can just listen back to it and be like, okay, this is his traits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I think the important thing to remember is like if you are gonna totally ad lib it and you're, you're just gonna make it up off the fly like be fun with it you know like okay. like don't take yourself too seriously make a funny funny name make it like a why i like making outlandish backstories for them sometimes um and make it some some kind of unique voice for sure um you know just roll see, with it see i would go with make them as plain as you can that way your players forget about them yeah but that's not interesting i don't know that's not interesting, <laughs> you know <laughs> Then you don't have to remember. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't, I don't know. I don't find that they're often running into things that are unplanned, but I mean, that's the thing is I'm the kind of DM that like my unplanned is still somewhat planned. All right. Well, let's go with someone who doesn't plan. <laughs> the no, backstreet DM. Actually. All of you plan pretty well. <laughs> yeah. the back. No, Justin plans pretty well, but he does improvise a lot. What do you got, Justin? Yeah. I mean, you know. You kind of, like, have to base your NPCs off of, like, I don't know. I guess in your head it's t- it's kind of tough to tell as a DM, like, how long they're going to be around for. But generally, you're like, okay, this guy's pretty badass and he's helpful to the group. So hopefully they're not going to kill him off right away. And like Noah was saying is you got to make them unique and have, like, really cool characteristics. Because other than that, like, your group's going to get bored of them. And then they're, yeah, like, who cares if, like, Joblin the goblin gets slammed by an ogre, you know? Like, it's like, who gives a fuck if, if he has nothing to kind of offer to the group or he doesn't have that raspy voice that everyone was kind of expecting. But it's, True. yeah, it's definitely a good let's thing. Hear your, to, let's hear your boat. Let's hear your best Joblin the goblin voice. Joblin the goblin? <laughs> That's pretty. <laughs> plus, plus one inspiration point. Plus, yes. plus two inspiration for just the nat twenty. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I think I think, I think Ness brings up a good point because this is the thing, right? Is like I think you, 
if you fail to give them something distinguishing, they just end up being like very, very bland and they almost end up being you. You know what I mean? So like, Mm -hmm. this is, this is why the the DM's guide and like other expansions on NPC creation are dope. Cause like you can pick something like, Ooh, yeah, maybe they have, maybe they're bald or maybe they have an unusual hair color or maybe they're like super, super weird looking or they've got a pronounced scar, you know? Maybe they're, maybe they're rude. Maybe they're arrogant. Like, it's so much easier to play, like, one archetype than it is to just kind of make someone, like, don't, don't make it complex. You know what I mean? Maybe this person's just, like, super friendly. Maybe, maybe friendly's their bit. And just keep friendly in your mind and roll with it. And I guarantee, like, that character just ends up being way more unique than if you just make them white bread. I don't know what it's like to be friendly. Shane, you got any tips that they haven't, uh, pumped out there yet? Oh yeah, even making up the NPCs kind of on spot, you should try to prepare for this somehow. With like Noah said, it's just a list of NPCs in your bank. Sometimes I just even I'll spend a little while running out a ton of quirks, and then you know mid session I might just take a look at a bunch of random quirks, give some NPC that quirk, toss it, and try to play that up quite a bit. Sometimes it's you know funny for the players. They might enjoy it, and something different usually for each. Does that make it fun for you to kind of, kind of improv? I guess because it's a, it's a certain type of improv, right? Because you're randomly throwing it on a character. Yeah, yeah, it's still pretty fun. That's not <laughs> smart. Yeah, give the, give them like a bit, like like yeah. like give them and like and like play it out as you're at the table with your players. You know what I mean? Like maybe this maybe this character just like taps his fingers really slowly, like starts at the thumb, goes all the way to the pinky, and continues to like tap them or wrap them on the table, right? And then if you role play that while you're talking, that's I find that super helpful at least. It's like actually acting it out and not just speaking it out. You know what I mean? So maybe this guy's like speaking in a whispered tone, and if you start to speak in a whispered tone, your players will all like quiet down and and, and listen the fuck up on what you're ideally, doing. Because they're like, holy shit. Ideally. <laughs> but if you just speak it out in this dull voice, I mean, it's acting. Acting. I'm an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So my answer, which is the correct one as always, uh, <laughs> is what you do when you're randomly making up a character, you look directly across from you at the player that's across from you and you choose their characteristics and you make that, that way you don't have to remember it later. You just look at the person and be like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, but I mean, <laughs> no, don't listen to me. I think part of the question was, uh, well, how do you remember it or keep track of it. Yeah. I always have just my notepad for the session. Yeah. Of, I have just basically a timeline, you know, I just keep going through where they've at, what they, what they've done there, mm-hmm. who they met. And so if they pick up some item or want to do something for, you know, some random NPC, just jot down, you know, his name. Preach it, baby. Preach it. Give him, yeah. Just write down that quirk that you're down to so you don't forget about that. Yeah. Jesus, you can't, you can't have the memory of an elephant here, you know, like write it down. Type it out. Make a Did note. You call me? I said I said uh, you're the elephant in the room. You know, no, oh, like, okay. I mean, you, you gotta write it out. Like you gotta and 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 take the time to do it. Like if it takes you an extra five seconds to write it out, and there's a little bit of a pause, your players are gonna understand that because I mean you're gonna want to have this information moving on. If you speak in a Scottish accent, you know, role playing your barkeep, and then next time you role play him, he's Australian. They're gonna be like, the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Another thing I do while I'm writing stuff down, is I'm just rolling my dice. I don't even usually look at them. 
they just keep rolling to make them think I'm actually doing something. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll get them a little paranoid. <laughs> Damn. I am on the same wavelength as you, my dude. I roll God. sometimes for no reason at all. And my player's like, oh my God, what's going on behind that screen? I'm like, oh, if only you knew <laughs> nothing. I'm, I'm just jerking it back here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Another thing to do is just slip notes to your players too. You know, like, oh, slip somebody that just say, "How are you doing today?" <laughs> you think you're doing something secret with them, but just so just just slide them a "fuck you" note, and then and then yeah. <laughs> they look offended. Um. All right. Well, I guess we can move into uh more more planned NPCs. So like uh, I I really want to know about the backgrounds of NPCs. Like how how far back do you go into their past or do you even you just go off of like quirks and then it slowly builds up the character or what do you what do you what do you guys do Shane why don't you start us off pal you know we'll go the other way yeah dude I've been been vibing off what you're saying I want Shane to go first yeah planned NPCs I don't know I give them a bit of a backstory usually just kind of enough to get them to where the characters will meet them, kind of determine why they're there, what their goals are to be there, um, why they might want to interact with the player characters. Okay. I had this one NPC that my players ran into and really ended up liking. Is I called him uh, Todd the Brave, and he's just some kid on a farm. You know, he cuts the grass with a sword, and he's always imagining he's fighting dragons and stuff. So when he sees these adventurers walking by, he just runs up to them and tries to play off that he's an adventurer as well, you know? He's fought dragons, he's defended himself, and he just nonstop is asking these uh, adventurers, you know, stories. He's One of our players was a dragonborn, he just asked him, you know, do you leave, breathe fire? How do you breathe fire? How do you make, you know, all that acid come out of your mouth? And I think, yeah, my dragonborn at the time said, you know, it's just like you breathe in a whole bunch and you just like spit basically. But, you know, my Todd the Brave thinks, well, I'm just going to give out the biggest, mistiest spit and I'll be able to <laughs> breathe fire as well. So that became a trait as Todd the Brave has. He's constantly running up to people and like giving these big misty spits. <laughs> people trying to set them on fire. So you kind of work off what, like, so you build it like, uh, kind of just like the motive of why they're there. Uh, a little, a little bit of like, like their background, I guess. Yeah. You and, gotta think of like why they, the plain ones are going to be the more integral ones to the, the story. So you gotta really yeah. figure out. Yeah. I think that's there. the important part. Yeah. Is and, like, is like, I don't know. I think of D&D like writing a book or writing a novel, right? Like you'd look at like Harry Potter or you look at Lord of the Rings. Like even though these are these are longer books, I mean, especially like you get into the Lord of the Rings series, it's like, but the things aren't in there that don't need to be there. You know what I mean? Like the author Mm -hmm. has chosen to put all that in there because they believe it to be relevant. It's like, I'm not making an NPC that is irrelevant. I'll make an NPC that's funny or fun or or their purpose is whimsy or their purpose is, is comedic relief. But, like, when you're talking about why an NPC is there, how far do I go back in their backstory, it's like every NPC is integral to the the fabric of the world in my mind. So it's like I'll go back as far as necessary. 
we're talking about the bread shop owner, their history is probably going as far back as they own the bread shop. And then, and then, you know, like before that, so like, oh, before I owned the bread shop, I was, I was a merchant in the South, you know, but then I owned the bread shop because I met my wife and that's like their story. You know what I mean? But when we're talking about like an arch villain or someone, you know, talking about their fall or their realization of their true intentions, right. Of their, uh, of their evil or their, their chaos. Right. And then, and then talking about what they were like before that, I mean, that's the thing, right. Is, is I'll go as far back as necessary with the older characters, like that are hundreds of years old. I mean, you're not writing out in 1791, he did this. And in 1792, he took a year off cause he was feeling like stressed and stuff. But 1794, holy, it's like, no, you, you know, you kind of, you have it ebb and flow. Right. But but every every character is important, and so for me, how how much detail I put into their backstory really relates to just how how big they are in the storyline, right? Like again, the the bread shop owner, the bakery owner, might not have a super complicated backstory, you know, <laughs> compared to the Archvillain. Now, what do you do if the lesser planned characters become? a more main part of the story. Oh, like, dude, I've had that before. I've had my characters graft on like leeches to, yeah. to an NPC because they, one, one dude, um, super, super popular in, uh, in a game that I played was Backroth Wyverntoe. He was a dwarf and he was a gem, gemologist, like an expert in gems. And his bit, like, this was literally all I had planned for Backroth, okay? They're going to walk into the shop. There's a ding above the door as they walk in, you know, like that little bell. And he was going to look up with his little, like, his his gem spectacles on, like, he's inspecting some stones. They say their names, and he goes, my name's Backroth Wyverntoe, on account of my large toe. That was all that dude was planning to say, ever. And then they ended up loving him, even though he was an ab, like, he's an old grumpy fuck. And they ended up loving this dude, and they're just like, oh my god, Backroth, what can we do for you? Like, we want to we wanna sell gems. We're interested in gems now. I'm like, holy fuck. So then, I, you know, I have to actually make a backstory for him. Um... But the thing is, like, you know, if your characters graft onto someone, then yeah, flesh them out. Um, have a little bit written beforehand, like, like two sentences is enough. Like most character, most people aren't going to delve that much deeper into that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I mean, do it on the on the basis of interest, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Justin, do you have anything to add on to those two? No, that was, that was pretty well explained. Yeah, can't really add much to it. Just yeah, just put in like the needed effort, and if someone, be- if an NPC becomes way more popular than you expected, then you know, one next session, write a little bit more. Like it's just kind of plan as you go, and always have like a couple things and like the background type thing, so you don't always have to improvise. But it's not just the big stuff about the background either. Like it's the small stuff, man. It's it's the characters who tap the fingers on the table. You know, it's the characters who fidget. It's the ones who like who whisper their story. You know what I mean? Or it's the ones who um who slur or stutter or who use like elo- like some of my best villains have been these like eloquent dicks, you know what I mean? These guys who like are so knowledgeable and so rational and so eloquent with their words that you almost are like, Oh fuck, like I kinda understand where you're coming from, dude. But that's the thing is it's like the small little snippets of that character that make it real. It's not the fact that this guy has this grandiose ambition for domination or this guy who's like, oh, I'm going to take over the world through pestilence and disease. It's like it's the licking of the lips that he does when he speaks. You know what I mean? Like it's the small Mm -hmm. stuff that makes him real. So that's the stuff that I focus on 
equally as much as the big stuff. For sure. No, I, I think that's a underrated, uh, like thing for sure is having those little quirks, those little subtly subtle, uh, tells or whatever it is that, uh, really build out the character for sure. Um, so uh, it's kind of, that covers most of the character things, uh, for the NBCs, creating them and, um, creating them on the fly background. Mm-hmm. Um, something I wanted to talk about that we did kind of, um, different, I guess, in season two here, or I guess it was downtime, uh, where Noah allowed us to take care of, take control of the characters, yeah. mm-hmm. like a couple NPCs. He said, go ahead. <laughs> but like in, fully improv didn't give us any background we completely flushed the background out as we were going along just improving uh as a dm gm like as dming that how was that for you noah <laughs> um you know what man as a new dm i don't think i ever could have handled that you know what i mean like you're so <laughs> i was so nervous to like have everything controlled and have no mistakes you know, and no gaps. I don't think I could have handled that. But, but years into it now, it's like, it was actually kind of a relief. It was like, you know what? Like, yeah, I had little stories for these guys. I legitimately had like two sentences for guard. You know what I mean? This is my name. This is my age. This is what I look like. And here's like a little tidbit about me. You know what I mean? Like it's something that takes 30 seconds to write. And then when you guys got to the gate and Fievel was like, I want to bring my toad in. I was like, do I have to be the, the cock? That says no. You know what I mean? And, I was, and then in my mind, I was just like, I don't have to be that cock. They can be the cock. And I just, a light went off, like the light bulb flicked on. And I was like, no, let them do it, right? And that was, honestly, if you're feeling comfortable as a DM, like you know your players, you've been playing with them for time, I suggest doing it. It's a super interesting experience because it it not only alleviates a little bit of the responsibility from you, but it also like, it, it 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 cements it solidifies the the realism of the game you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. would i have said no to fiable bringing his giant toad two-headed energy blast and toad into the the town absolutely but you know like <laughs> if i say you? no the whole group would be like <laughs> ah i don't know like that's, that's not very nice of you but then <laughs> give the players a little bit of like a, a taste of responsibility and they're like no no that's ridiculous you know what I mean? <laughs> and they're backing you up you know what i mean so it, it was kind of cool. It's like that psychology experiment where half pe- half the people were guards and half the people were inmates. Yeah. <laughs> like, just let them loose, see what happens. <laughs> and they immediately turn on the other inmates. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like, And that's the thing, right? Is like, Tyson's a pretty chaotic dude. You know what I mean? But, you know, you give mm-hmm. Josh Shell the fucking reins on a guard who's supposed to, you know, like, keep the city safe and do, like, the good guy thing. And you just, you took that up without question. Like, it didn't even take well, you a second to be like, no. <laughs> I mean, eventually he did turn into Sir Cuculus, so. <laughs> Yeah, well, given time, any of your characters. <laughs> I, I think that's uh, it. It adds that extra layer as well. Like those are memorable characters now, right? They're they're yeah. memorable NPCs, like Grobin and yeah, Sir Cuculus. Um, like they're just they have that added like uh, just added personality about them when it's not just you playing it. I think not that you don't give every NPC personality, but just allowing someone else to play it out. I don't know. It's an interesting trust experience for sure. Yeah. It's something I do in my campaigns as well. Usually to those smaller, you know, guard roles or 
you know, hobo, hobos maybe. <laughs> but I've, I've never had the chance to just be a NPC for a minute. So I had a question for Josh. Did you find it? Did you find you were maybe a little more involved in the story and it was a bit of a refresher to play another character? Uh, for, yeah, I mean, I, I, Justin can answer this too. Um, yeah, Justin as well, I guess. But uh, yeah, as, as playing the NPC, it was, it was, it was fun because you're like, because yeah, like Noah said, if that interaction had gone on, it would have just been Thievel arguing with Noah for, <laughs> for whatever, five, ten minutes, and we would have just been standing there. But instead, no, it was like, no, no, you guys take it. And then we were more involved in it, for sure. Um, same with, like, especially the downtime, because the downtime, it was just one person playing. So the rest of us were just watching <laughs> and then adding our two cents every once in a while. So then when Noah allowed us to be in the downtime, it allowed us to to either help or hinder him, depending on if he was being a dick that night, whoever it was. <laughs> so... So yeah, for sure, it definitely added uh, personality, and like you get to play something that you won't you won't play for a while, right? You're playing either Tyson or Fievel or Rogar, and getting to play a guard is something different, or a Groban or the drunk part of the drunk. Yeah, and I think it gives sure. players a realistic view of like what it is that you're doing, right? Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, Fievel would have been fighting with me for a time about not bringing that to me. <laughs> You've been like, why are you, why are, why are you cock-blocking me like this, man? Just let me do this. This is funny shit. But you let the players take care of it, and all of a sudden they see, like, oh, well, fuck, yeah, if I'm a, a town guard, I can't just, I can't just let this shit happen on my watch. You know what I mean? And it makes it, it makes that decision feel more concrete, is, what, is how I feel, felt about it. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. And it gives them a, a taste of like, oh, okay, so this is like what he's dealing with when he's actually laying down the law. You know what I mean? It's not like he's doing it to be a cunt. He's doing it because I shouldn't bring a giant two-headed toad into a civilized town. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I almost broke. See, the thing is, like, you could try stuff with your DM, but eventually they they learn all the, the tricks in the book, and they're just like, you know what, whatever, dude. Like, here's 50 XP, like, fuck off. But like when Josh and Sal were playing the guards, I was like, "I'll suck your dick," and that's where the, like, I split the vote. Yes, Sal's like, "No," but Josh's guard was like, "Hey, like we got something here. Maybe this can happen." I was like, "Yes, sweet." Yeah, it, it definitely adds a bit more flavor to the game, a bit more chaos for sure. Which actually is a thing I wanted to touch on, Noah, because. Fievel ended up not coming into the city, which was not part of the plan. He was always supposed to come in. Yeah, like... he was supposed to enter the city gates. Uh, that was something that was unexpected. But that, but I mean, yeah, it was chaotic. I was taken. I mean, don't get me wrong. That was like that was like what was it? Contingency plan four or five or something. Like, like <laughs> Fievel doesn't come inside. Like this, this is such a a harrowing experience for him. That he's like, fuck the system. I I leave. <laughs> Uh, and I knew that that was a possibility, right? I just thought it was super, I thought it was lower down on the list. But, uh, but yeah, it was chaos. But the thing is, it was interesting. It was interesting gameplay, dude. Like it was, mm-hmm. it branched out. It wasn't, it wasn't white bread. I was, I was happy about that fact, you know? And people, I think, empathized with Fievel a little bit, but also understood the position that the other players took. Like that's the thing. Is talking to other people who listen to the pod, they were like, Oh yeah, I see why Fievel like didn't go inside the city. Like, if I was a beastmaster and my beast said and they said no to my beast, I'd probably stay outside. And then I had some people being like, "Man, Fievel was being an absolute b- 
bitch. Like, just fucking <laughs> go inside and leave. Like, people leave horses outside the city all the time. <laughs> so, like, I just found it to be interesting gameplay. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, I don't know. Definitely added to it for sure. Um, all right, well, if there's no other input on NPCs, I have a fun game we could play. Oh, fuck. Ooh. I love games. You ready? We're yeah. done with NPCs? We don't want to talk about them anymore? I don't know. What else do you, you want to... Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know if I have else I want to talk about. I, mean, I would talk about something. <laughs> How about some... Like what? I think that... I think that... Um, I think people need to be uh, creative with the NPC. Oh, we can talk about stats. We can talk about stats with NPCs. Where do you get them? Do you do you roll them? Okay, um, so forget the creative thing. Look, with stats, <laughs> I mean, it just kind of depends on depends on what class and what abilities they have. The bread maker's gonna have some pretty shit stats. You know, I mean, I'm not I'm not beefing that dude up, but might have wisdom. You know, he's got to be wise. He's got to have the knowledge of making bread. That's that's a different kind of wisdom, you know. Yeah, okay. Dex to yeah. not burn his hands after all those years of making bread. Yeah, don't cheap out on these guys, Noah. No, yeah, you're making no, the bread. I do. I do you're holding the bread makers back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I don't know when it when it comes well, to characters like that you want to create cool stats for. I think, I think, and this is something that like literally you guys have seen in Dicey, where um, where Wolfhelm's got really really cool abilities and stats, and where. Orin has cool abilities and stats, and where uh, Ularic has really cool abil- abilities and stats. It's like, it's like take the personality of the character almost, and then think about their fighting style, right? Like McCain was was dope. His damage might not have been off the charts because he was a dagger wielding son of a bitch, but like, <laughs> but like he was dope in his fighting style. Kind of slick, kind of fast. Um, you know, leaping at people, driving daggers down into their chests, kind of like taking them to the ground rolling off them, right? Like a very chaotic fighting style. Mm-hmm. You know, like give them stats and abilities that reflect their personality. It's the most important thing. So you don't necessarily um, take just uh, like oh, they're a human and they are a rogue. That's their stats. You kind of take other abilities and give them what you think fits best with their personality. Is that kind of where you go? Yeah, I mean, well, okay. Yeah. So let's, let's take... Let's take uh, McCain, for example, right? Because McCain is, is probably is one of the best examples of this in season two of Dice D twenty. McCain's this shifty, cunning, uh, quick, and and but loyal to to his his clan, right? Ro- lo- uh, la- 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 loyal to Larrick for sure. Mm-hmm. But like you watch this guy fight, and and his personality is embodied in the way that this guy like leaps at people and slit throats and throws daggers and like just relishes in combat, right? And, like Wolfhelm's dope at combat. And he's someone to be respected, but it's not like he's grinning and smiling and enjoying the act of killing people, you know what I mean? So his abilities don't necessarily contribute to that, whereas Ularix, uh, or sorry, uh, whereas your boy McCain's definitely do. Mm-hmm. So McCain had abilities relating to, to knife throwing, uh, so that he could bonus action throw a dagger, like on his turn. That's not something that's super canon, but I just thought it was really interesting, because if this dude's like this knife-throwing gypsy... You know, what I mean, this guy from the wilds who doesn't really love civilization or the comforts of home. Yeah, he's gonna be good with a blade. You know, true. So, so if if you feel it fits the story better, you'll bend the rules a little to give him an extra ability or something different. Yeah, for sure. I think that it. I think that it mixes things up. 
I think that the mm. whole bit with 5e was to move away from like the strictness of the of the st- statistics like to move away from that and to move into freer gameplay and um and having characters that kind of that, that don't have abilities that are traditional I think is super cool okay like take uh take your boy uh Orin's whirlwind that you guys saw in I think it was two or three episodes ago in season two and whirlwinds and like knocks uh one dude's head off and slices at two others. I mean that's not a typical ability for, for a PC character, but because Oren fights mobs a lot and he fights these these fiends and these monstrosities, he uses crowd control tactics. Like I just thought it was a really cool bit to throw into his fighting style. Okay. What about you, Shane? But you were talking about something with the commoner stats or something like that? Yeah, aren't there just, like, commoner and, like, pretty regular different type of stat blocks in? I don't know if it's the Monster Manual or... I'm pretty sure it's the Monster Manual. Yeah. There's a bunch of base stuff, and I guess you could build off of those depending on the NPC. Or... So maybe maybe for newer newer DMs, maybe go off of the base stats first and then kind of start building up characters. Like I was doing when I first started DMing is, you know, they'd have an NPC that they run into and it's their main ally. So he's a sorcerer. He's a level 10 sorcerer. And then I just went through the player handbook and made a sorcerer using the player handbook. Okay. I don't know if that's actually kind of what, is that something you do or is that? I think it I depends know. on how much you love that NPC. Cause I definitely don't do that with a lot of mine. I, I don't know. Like, like the thing is when you look at, I think of making NPCs like you're making enemies, right? So like they have two to three, depending on their level, right? More main attack. They got, if they're, they're an epic level, they're going to have some legendary actions or some bonus actions that they can do on every turn. Um, and then they're going to have some really cool feats that they can throw into the game. But it's like, yeah, if you're making the, the bread maker, the dude's AC is like eight or eleven. He's got like nine hit points, and he can punch someone. Like that's like what he does. You know what I mean? In terms of statistics, but if you're making Wolfhelm, leader of the Knights of the New Moon, the guy's like a challenge rating nine. So like the thing is like he he has a certain number of hit points equal to like what I consider an enemy level nine to have. You know what I mean? So I almost base mine yeah. more so off enemies than I do off like PC creation. Okay. Now, what's the benefits of doing it that way than doing it Shane's way? Uh, I think it's just simple. I think it's just easier. Okay. Like, I think it just takes less time. Manage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if you got a sorcerer and he's got like a level 10 sorcerer, he's going to have like a million spells, right? Yeah. He's got a bunch of spells. To keep track of. So, yeah, I, could, I guess I could see that being a bit tricky. But I guess you could choose from the spells yeah, that he has. It might be a bit of, like, state, too, because it's almost like you're making a character for yourself. Kind of. True. Like, as a player, in true. the player style. Yeah. Like, look at the yeah. look at the, the bad guys, like, the, the monsters, quote-unquote, uh, magicians, mages, sorcerers that are in the monster manual at the very end there. It's like, when the ones are they show are, like, challenge rating five or six or whatever it is that they are, right? They have a certain number of suggested spells that these guys can carry and a certain certain kinds of spells that they can carry, right? It gives you a little bit of freedom there, but it's not like they have the same range of spells that a PC has. Yeah. I just think it becomes too intensive to to do that much. I think it can be unique mm-hmm. while still being somewhat simplistic. Well, especially as a DM where you've got anywhere from 
a couple dozen NPCs you might have to play per session. Like that's a lot to memorize if you got a dozen spells for each of them or a dozen moves for each of them. That that does make sense. Yeah, dude, I yeah. got four pages on the weather. I can't I can't have six <laughs> on a character. Jesus. God damn it, we're back to the weather. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw it in there. What about you, Justin? Any any tips or tricks that you use to build stats? Uh, I feel like I don't know. What I usually do is that, like, yeah, depending on, like, how involved the NPC is, I like to just kind of, like, mix and match. So, like, if let's say I'm making, like, a frost wizard or whatever, I won't I won't do what Shane does, and I kind of do what Noah does, but I, like, mix it up a bit. So instead of going with, like, I don't know, looking at, like, the basic spells that they would have, I like, sometimes I make shit up, and I'm like, oh, this guy's a frost wizard, let's give him a new ability called frost walk. And he literally has like increased movement speed and can walk on all terrain because his boots create like frost or something like that. So it's just like creativity and adding like certain spells to certain NPCs that maybe they wouldn't have or players wouldn't expect them to have anyway. So that way when you're playing or you're mid battle and these guys just whip out this ridiculous ability, you're like, Holy fuck. Like this guy's awesome. True. Yeah. yeah. Stuff uh, like that. But you, like, you can't. There's, there's like a limit. Like, you can't go and make a NPC that just has like all these level eight spells and all that stuff, but it doesn't really match his character. Like, it's not a chaos warlock or anything like that, right? True. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I agree with Ness in the fact that like be be creative. I think for newer DMs, stick to the the scripted stuff stick to what's mm-hmm. already made for you like for sure. don't like spend more time on storyline so then then creating like a but i mean when you get really proficient with the other stuff you can spend the time making something that's super unique and cool and then you can be pretty liberal with it also super important point like this is just from talking to dms uh and, and other players be liberal with magical items okay this is the biggest thing that i can say in terms of npcs is like give them a rare coin that flips heads like 90% of the time or give them some interesting little trinket. You know what I mean? It depends on how common magic is in your world and it depends on how you want to play it. But like, don't feel the need to like give them items that are super dope and specific to their character. If you got like a bunch of mages, throw in a broadsword that does some nasty, crazy damage and has some cool abilities. And they're gonna be like, Oh, that's a cool drop. But like, hmm. it has nothing to do with me. I don't know. Like I just found that putting in wondrous items, uncommon items, magic items and giving more powerful NPCs, those items gave them more of a presence in the world too, right? Okay. That's kind of cool. I didn't even think of that. Um, a question I have for you guys, I guess, is uh, as you're so as you're going along with the story and you have that um, Orin character or that uh, that Wolfhelm character who's with your characters uh, throughout the story, um and your characters are leveling up. Do you also level up your NPC with That's them? That's such or... a good question. I like that question. What do you guys do? Take it away. Take it away, Ness. All right. Um, I guess it just it depends. Like I guess their challenge rating because like in your head you you give them all this stuff and you create them and you're like oh okay like this guy's roughly like a level nine XP match type thing. So like if your players are still in like level five and six or whatever, like normally I'll leave it. But if they end up surpassing that, I don't know. It just, 
It kind of depends on their importance in the story and everything too, because if, if he's such a critical role in the story, then yeah, I'll probably boost his HP a bit, give him a couple more abilities. But other than that, like the importance is your players surviving, like NPCs are expendable and though they are important, I feel like the bigger, uh, like stories and all that stuff, like when, when a character of importance dies, like it's a big deal and the players are really affected by it, which is kind of like what you want as a DM. You want to bring out those, uh, tender spots tears make the players cry a bit you know <laughs> all right uh you got anything to follow up on that one <laughs> no arshane here let's go uh i might yeah pretty similar i might try to do it more like on a milestone system for the uh the npc it's so, what they're doing with the players kind of benefits with them and their Maybe more personal goals. I might give them some extra abilities or something, or try to give them a little boost. But yeah, I might try to just take into account what what the NPC is actually getting out of all the uh, encounters. True. Okay. Yeah, I think it totally depends on what my my goal for that NPC is. Yeah. So uh, a really good example would be a, a NPC that I so I had a couple of my characters heading down the coast in this one storyline. And they were they were off on this this somewhat minor adventure almost, um, but they were accompanied by guards of the city, and the guards went with them. And these guards started out as like challenge rating one and two guards with shields and spears and like no special feats, and you know like they they were just dudes. And the idea behind this was as the difficulty ramped up, like they just were not going to keep pace with the players. That was the mm-hmm. idea, and so by the time that like the last one was alive, like he was a, a prized member of that group. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Like yeah. when, when the, when the second or third one died, there was like a funeral ceremony for that dude <laughs> on the beach. And they stuck his, his uh, spear that was broken uh, upon its last impact. They stuck it in the ground at like the head of his grave. They stuck his helmet on it. And one of the characters absolutely hated the dude. So he like walked off and was like, I don't care about his funeral. But everyone else was like super sad about this. And like the last dude who was alive became, dude, it was like they, they worked so hard together to keep this guy alive. You know what I mean? They were like, <laughs> don't let him die. Don't let him die. So like they put themselves at risk to keep this level two guard of the city from dying. Right. And like, but that's the thing is these are just. In history, you've got people's names who are written in stone, and you've got people's names who are written in ice, and then those whose names are written in dirt, right? And you kind of got to decide, like, along this storyline, is this someone whose name is written in, in stone? Or is this someone whose name is kind of lost to history, you know what I mean? And if it's just a regular dude who doesn't have magic and doesn't have special abilities, it's okay that his name is lost to history, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If this character nah. is, like, integral to the storyline and, like, is going to be super dope and you want them to be around, yeah, level them up with it, but it's also okay to let people die. Yeah, uh, that actually moves on to my next uh, question: is killing killing NPCs when to do it, and uh, like, should it be a tearjerker moment? Should it be a uh, get over it? It's just a, it's not real. <laughs> just a game. Um, just a game. I don't know. I don't think it should be a. I don't think it should be a get over it moment. I, I also don't. I think it, I think it has to be, it depends on what you're going for. I think it's the, the bit here, right? It's like, if it's a, 
like your players are kind of slacking. They didn't do their homework and they were just like, oh yeah, it's just another session and you've planned something pretty dope and it's going to be like a more serious, challenging encounter that could have actually have some risk to it. Killing off an NPC in front of them who they had respected and like thought was dope might like have them shake their heads and be like, oh shit, like we might be in something here. You know what I mean? <laughs> that being said, killing off characters all the time gives them this feeling that like death is just common and is going to happen to everyone. And what's the point of kind of caring because everyone's going to die. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think you have to be taste. It's like nudes. You got to be tasteful with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You can't just send the dick pic. You got to send you the flood the market with dick pics. They become, they become useless. They, be, they have no value. You know what I mean? You're right. They're, True. they're like, they're like Zimbabwe's dollar. Okay. You Men know, start sending nipple pics. Four million Zimbabwe dollars for a <laughs> loaf of bread. It's like when it, I mean the currency is useless. You flooded the market with it. You know what I mean? But if yeah. you, you tastefully throw in a death every now and again, it becomes a valuable tearjerker. But sometimes like like I said, there was that one dude who died. They held a funeral for him. One of my characters was like super he was like Michael Scott and Toby. He was like happy that this dude was gone. You know what I mean? He was like, This is the best day of my life. <laughs> So, like, what was sad for everyone else was actually happy for him. I think it's just about what kind of effect you want it to bring. If you're killing guys because you're bored, like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Now, in that war scenario that we just had, spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched up until, like, I don't know, a month and a half ago or something. (laughs) At this point, yeah. um, The war scenario, there's NPC deaths left and right. Like, most of the NPCs we, we met in Season 2 are dead, I'd say. Yeah, that's fair. That's uh did you just get bored now and you slaughter everyone? <laughs> no, no. I think that I think that I mean, um what I wanted what I wanted to happen there, and I, I don't want to give too much away, but uh the the idea being that like you guys are up against some challenging shit. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like I don't want that to be lost on the audience. I don't want it to be lost on you guys or or t- or to be felt like it's like oh people just die, you know what I mean? Like these were dope characters lost, who lost yeah. their lives in, in pretty <laughs> spectacular. Like McCain was was one of my favorite characters to roleplay in season two, and I hated the fact that he died. But like, truth be told, he was just outmatched. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and Ularic was also one of my favorite characters to roleplay. Like, I would have loved to see him continue. It adds a huge twist that he's gone. And the truth of the matter is, like, he just he just rolled really poorly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like. What I really wanted to have happen was to have my players realize that, like, oh, no, like, this is hard shit. We're fighting hard here, um, and and that's not lost, you know what I mean, on the audience. Yeah. And I wanted it to feel to you guys, like, like death is reasonable in this circumstance, you know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like oh, yeah, Noah makes it seem super scary and, and, and tough, but, like, <laughs> he won't actually kill anyone. It's like, no, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be objective, you know what I mean? When a player gets outmatched, they die. You know what I mean? And Lena's certainly an example of that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she's not dead it, yet. You know, she she played she played well, but damn kid, you know, you, you got double not twenty by a beast whose challenge rating was dope. You know what I mean? Like, there's no shame in it. Like, that's just the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, um, season two had a lot of complex political aspects to it, but it also had some complex and challenging fighting situations and styles. I don't think I got bored with it. I think I just realized that, like, not having NPCs or even PCs die would not be a testament to actually how challenging and kind of scary this situation actually is. You know what I mean? No, I think your notebook was just getting too full and you had to make some room. 
I just started tearing out pages. McCain, gone. Blue <laughs> letter, gone. Oh, God. Lena? <laughs> Devil? Undecided. <laughs> Undecided, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, I think okay. it just, it was a testament to it. Well, we'll come back to, we'll, we'll do a little bit of a talk about what's coming up and uh, after we play this this quick game. So I'm going to give you guys a minute, each of you. Okay. And I want you to come up with uh, with an NPC. I want you to create it just quickly. Just give them a quick backstory. Give them a voice or her. And uh, I want you guys to, to just do a quick um, quick role play, quick discussion. I want you guys. Okay. I want it to be. I'll 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 set the scene. I'll I'll DM. I'll DM as they say. <laughs> uh, so okay. I'll, I'll give you guys a quick minute here. Just so so we want to make like okay. I need a paper or something. <laughs> you came unprepared, you're fucked. <laughs> uh, do we want to make our NPCs and then all of our NPCs are interacting with each other? Well, hang on, Shane. Don't spoil the game. You're going around the back of sad stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll set the scene. Okay, you guys got a minute starting now. Okay. And time. I mean, you can keep writing. I got to okay. set the stage anyway. Let's go. We're back. That was a minute minute and a half, whatever. Um, enjoy that Jeopardy sound? Yeah, effect. I'm going to just play Jeopardy in the background so we get copyright <laughs> strikes. <laughs> um, Alright, so let me DM for you guys. Let's do it. Alright. So you guys, you guys are you guys awake with your new NPCs recently created. Quickly created. Mm. You guys are in a tavern. All around a small table, small wooden table. There's music playing in the background. We're sitting with each other. You're sitting with each other. There is empty bottles all around you guys, just surrounding the table. You guys look like you just passed out, and it is morning time. Mm -hmm. You hear the birds chirping outside, little tweets around, you know, Mm -hmm. the sun shining through through the windows, and you guys wake up staring at each other. What uh, what do your characters do and how do they react? Oh my god, what is going on? I cannot I cannot believe I slept in the bar last night. I have a surgery to perform today. <laughs> well, you actually look outside and you can see in the window a uh, raven person out there chirping away along with the person. <laughs> wait, wait, you're the raven person? That's what, yeah, the raven person. <laughs> Oh God, a, a raven! Holy jeez, that is one big bird. Not in all my time at medical school did I see someone like that. <laughs> I uh, bust open the window and I come walking in with a hunch and a cane. I so I'm stepping. Oh pay. damn me, sir! That looks like scoliosis of the back. <laughs> oh, oh! Come down to my practice later today. I swear, I I straighten your back right out. <laughs> I, I went. I've been having this slip for days now. <laughs> I've been good for all the takeaways. I've been limp for days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, Justin, how does your character react to this? I see you, Raven person. Get over here so I can straighten out that back. Oh, hold on now, sir. I am the doctor here. I am learned. I have gone to medical school. It took me 14 years. I will not have you barbarian. Just deal with my, my patients this way. Office you. 
My name is Crimey River. Please. My <laughs> don't don't think the size is anything. My my father fucked my mother a bit too hard while I was in the womb and Jesus for that Christ. reason I've only grown to be three feet tall. But... So far back. <laughs> I don't care the circumstances of your birth. I care that you don't have a medical degree. Ruffian. <laughs> Can I at least help? No, no, I have my own assistant. She, she is quite beautiful. She has long legs and hair, like women do. And uh, no, no, I do not want your help. Oh, we're weak. In addition, you cannot play the violin. I always do my surgeries to the music of the violin. <laughs> I go and cry behind the raven guy. Classic. <laughs> that was pretty good. I, I like that. Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys wanted to continue, but that was that was fun. Was a... Yeah, yeah. So, so to give you guys a little bit of a hint, there, I was I was a German doctor, though my German kind of changed throughout there. So I just I think I flowed with what I felt comfortable with. I'm learned, but also irritable. I enjoy the sound of the violin, though I can't play it, and I <laughs> I. I, I I know for a fact that germs don't exist. I wanted that to come up in there, but, but it did not. Um, and I'm also afraid of disease. But saying a scoliosis can't be uh, transmitted. So I'm True. Treating that. All right, Shane, what was your character? My character, I wrote down Jao Bloom, who was a goat farmer. He was human. So I changed my character completely. When <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie, dude. I thought you were cheating when you didn't start at the table. I was like, "Fuck this guy! He's thinking outside the box." <laughs> like a like a schmuck. I just started at the table. Justin, uh, we heard a little bit of your backstory. <laughs> uh, what was your guy? His, his name was uh, Crimey River. He was a half berserker. He was an orc that uh, never grew to full size because of a magical curse <laughs> or because his dad, Bromy, fucked his mom so hard while he was in the growth state that it fucked up his growing cycle. You used your minute and a half so well. Yeah. That was, uh... How much of it was spent on that extended backstory about his size? There's nothing else to him. Oh, he likes... I think I'll give to Justin. His back backstories are... Fleshed out. <laughs> oh, right. I used well, to boomerang for a weapon. That's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, good job, guys. That was that was fun. Um, I hope I hope we answered most of your questions about the NPCs. I mean, if you guys have more, you can just feel free to tweet at us or send us a message on Facebook. Just asking. Uh, I'm sure one of us will take the time to answer you and yeah, give you the me on Twitter at Jake Paul. <laughs> yeah, we're Jake Paul. <laughs> um, no, uh, so I guess just a quick uh, update of what's going on. We're running into the end of season two. One more episode, uh, my dude. One more episode. We're just trying to find the time to get everyone together because it's the whole crew. Um, the which whole is band's kinda, getting together. Kind of spoilers if you didn't listen to last week's, I guess. But mm. um, yeah, so we're, we're going to have... Uh, Final, whatever it is, battle, talk, meetup, whatever it happens to be. And yeah, I know uh, you don't, but that's all good. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna see what happens in season three and who's alive in season three. Is there gonna be an inside check? Yeah, we could probably do an inside yeah. check. 
Yeah. Kind of think of, th- think of the final episode as like kind of like a smoke clearing. You know what I mean? Like the dust clears in the battle and it's like, okay, so, you know, like, you know that moment in Atlantis where they're like, sound off, who's not dead? <laughs> like that's going to be the fucking sound off. Um, right. I'm super stoked for that. That's cool. Um, is there any inkling or kind of hint you take? Just give, just give the viewers a little taste of what's, what's to come in season three. What's to come in season three? Uh, yeah. I think season three is, how do I explain? Lighthearted, fun. Um, think D and D on acid and we're going to go from there. Cause this season, this season's been a bit heavy. You the know? season's been heavy. You know, it's been. I. It's not lost on me that this season got political and tumultuous very quickly. I mean, Tyson almost died multiple times, mm. and uh, that can never happen again. Noah. No, never. <laughs> no, this is gonna be. I think this is gonna be a little bit more wacky than uh, than the previous seasons. Season one, and, white bread. Season two, hot and heavy. Season three. Like, ladies and gentlemen, all I can say is stay tuned because it's going to be wild. And the OG crowd will be back. Mm. We're talking Fievel. We're yeah. talking Rogar. Say it. We're talking Tyson McSwagger. You know it. <laughs> and then we may be adding people on depending on who lives, I guess. Yeah, it all depends. Well, to be honest, and that's a big question. The The finale of season two is, is, is prime. It's a... Uh, I don't want to give away too much, but like, do not eight hour long episode. Don't if you think you're safe, you're not. You know what I mean? Please, if I'm you think safe. you're not safe, you you definitely aren't. You know what I mean? Uh, what if I run away? Then you're probably safer than if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a plan. I will, I will hunt you down. <laughs> also, some exciting news: we've got a sponsor coming up for season three. Mm. I'll give a little bit of teaser. We'll give you guys a jump start on the, the code for listening to the Nat 20, you know? So, dieharddice.com. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. They, uh, they were happily, happy to sponsor our, our podcast. So, shout out to them. Uh, they make quality dice and, uh, quality, uh, metal dice, uh, quality plastic dice, uh, excellent, um, dice roller. What are they called? Dice trays. trays. That's what they're called. Yeah. Thank you. Dude, can I spit on Die Hard Dice for a second? Can I talk on this for a sec? I was gonna say, don't spit on them. They're yeah. nice people. <laughs> no, no, I'm being, I'm being for real here. Die Hard Dice has been awesome to deal with, man. These guys have really cool product. They outfitted our whole crew with metal dice, poly dice, and trays, and uh, and it's been super cool uh, dealing with Chris, especially from Die Hard Dice. He's been awesome talking to us about D and D. He listened to a couple episodes of Dice D Twenty. He was like, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, definitely want to be a part of it, and he's going to be listening to our, our whole season one, whole season two. He's excited to see how season two goes, so uh, so give a big shout out to them, guys. Um, and man, I gotta say, like, I love metal dice. I think dice are one of the coolest parts, to be honest. Like, it's how people show the their, most important parts, their individuality, mm-hmm. aside from their you characters, know? you know. Yeah. And the thing is, like, like these metal dice that I got. So I I got amethyst and gold. So I wanted to go with like a royal theme here. They are so nice. To roll, especially in the tray, it's dope. So use our discount code, guys, because that's yeah. going to be super sick. Uh, give you guys fifteen percent off. Wow! What's that code, Noah? That code is Dicey D twenty. So you can use that code on your first order with Die Hard Dice. Uh, Any so you, spaces? Not, no, no spaces. Dicey D twenty, all one. Capitals. Uh, yeah, I believe. Uh, here. <laughs> yeah. Let's throw the questions at him. 
So hold just, up, just, hold you up. Know, yeah, no, no. Dicey promo D20. code of Dicey. Dicey has a capital. D is a capital, and then twenty, like the okay. the, the numbers two zero. Yeah. So you guys, if you guys need some dice, you know, your starter DM or your starter player, or you know, you got some people that are interested uh, in getting into Dungeons and Dragons. You know, they got to get a pair of dice. Why not get uh, one for fifteen percent off using code DiceyD20? Yeah, we're um, gonna be showing off our dice from uh, Die Hard Dice on our Facebook, on Twitter, on Insta, probably just to give you guys like a cool view of what they have going on. Because man, like even even Dabbledob's Rainbow Scorch set looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's sweet, and, it, and he's been rolling real well with it. He has, yeah. He's been. I don't know if that's true. I don't know <laughs> if that's true, but rolling pretty nazi. He made it. He made it. To, yeah, the dice are rigged, so. believe it or not. They they only roll seventeens and above. So it's 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 a real game changer, if you will. <laughs> Never lose, no. no. But yeah, so once again that's uh that's dieharddice.com and use the code DICED twenty in the checkout to get fifteen percent off. Thank yeah. you, diehard dice. Absolutely. Yeah, we're gonna be shouting them out all throughout season three as well, so you know, and, and for the finale of season two. So you guys, you know, you'll be hearing about them a bunch for sure. Yeah, and we'll get better at these ad reads, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you for listening to uh, the NPC Nat 20 Knowledge. Uh, I'd like to thank my DMs here, big and small and backyardy, Justin. Back alley, not backyardy. Yeah, good thing. <laughs> He's real again. Justin likes it through the back door. Um, <laughs> uh, so thank you to Justin, Shane, and Noah for giving us their their knowledge and you know bestowing me, a humble player, with their skills of ad libbing ad libbing a character. You know? Absolutely, man. Our Appreciated pleasure. that. I didn't tell them we were going to do that beforehand, so <laughs> I was completely improv. <laughs> <laughs> we should do more um, shit like that, dude. I loved it. Yeah, well, I'll, I will have to plan a bit more then. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you for listening to the next, the, the blah, blah, blah. thank you for listening to the Nat 20 Knowledge. I'm going to leave that in because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, hopefully it doesn't take us another six months to do another one of these. I like doing them. And uh, this is Josh, your host, signing out. Yeah, this is DM from DiceyD20, Noah signing out. Yeah, hello. Just shame. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>